And also finding where your visitors are exiting from. So you, you never want them to hit a dead end on your site where, oh, I read that great article, now what? You never want to leave them hanging. So this is where um, looking at your user experience, really having somebody from outside of your organization or just somebody who's not normally involved um, in the site walk through this process with you um, can be really helpful in drumming up opportunities for improvement. The B2B Marketing Exchange brings together B2B marketing and sales practitioners from across the country to get the latest tools and tips they need to succeed. Now, we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. I'm Claudia Tarico, And I'm Kelly Lindenau. And this is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hello, marketers. So not to start off on a sour note, but we know the economic climate is a little bit dicey right now. And everyone's looking into efficient ways to make our investments go a little bit further. So to provide you some insights and tips into how you can increase revenue, we're bringing you back to Boston to listen into optimizing digital and remote sales experiences to drive revenue. Yeah, Tracy Barber, Verndale's VP of Marketing, took the stage to share how to combine multiple marketing strategies, such as intent-based prospecting, personalization, product recommendations, and client and partner outreach to maximize revenue, which, to be honest, is something we can all use right now. So without further ado, let's roll that tape. Uh, welcome everyone to the session today. Thank you so much for joining. And for those of you who are out of state, out from out of state, welcome to Miami. Uh, sorry, it's so hot. It's not usually that hot here. We're actually in Boston. Um, but anyway, thank you for coming. I'm actually um, from Boston, the Boston area, just a few miles north. So for those of you who live in the area, please uh, please introduce yourself if you have a few minutes after the session. Um, so I'd like to just start by sharing with you just a little bit about um, Verndale, the company that I work for, and a little bit about my background just to set the stage for you um, on the story that I'm going to share with you. So Verndale is a digital experience agency. And it's funny, when I tell my neighbors and friends I work for a digital experience agency, they kind of give me that blank stare because they're not from the space that we're in here. So I say to the say, oh, well, we build websites. Oh, okay, now I get it. I know what you guys do. <laughs> um, but to put it a little bit more elo eloquently, um, it's a digital experience agency. Verndale handles digital transformation projects, end-to-end -end solutions for digital trans transformations, like a new website. We implement digital experience platforms, content management systems, e-commerce uh, platforms, as well as handle Salesforce implementations. And then we also offer optimization services, that's ongoing support, enhancements, and the evolution of an existing digital experience um, or a digital platform to maximize its performance and long-term value. So that was a lot. Um, the platforms that we specialize in are Sitecore, Optimizely, and Salesforce, but we handle a lot of other platforms as well. And we work with um, companies across various industries, everything from life sciences and financial services to technology, uh, manufacturing, and distribution as well. So lots of different industries um, that we serve. Um, my background, uh, I've been in the agency world uh, a few times, um, but most of my career I've actually spent in B2B manufacturing, so manufacturing and distribution. So the 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 kind of insights or the thoughts that I'm going to share with you today come from not only my experience working as a digital agency and seeing the work that 
we do for clients, but also my own experience on the other side um, in working on digital transformations, particularly in, in manufacturing and distribution and service organizations. So I'd like to just kind of set the stage of some of the, the tactics and strategies that I'm going to share with you today um, are, I, I think this kind of, this slide kind of shows you um, different areas that I'm going to talk about. So the things that I've kind of bolded here on the screen, I'll touch on during the presentation. Um, but just kind of to set the stage, um, digital strategies that drive revenue. So when we look holistically at strategies to grow the revenue of organizations, um, we look, I like to look first at driving traffic, right? I think driving traffic through search engine optimization and search engine marketing are um, kind of the lowest hanging fruit. Once you get that traffic to your site, it's really important to focus on converting that traffic. You've probably worked incredibly hard to get that traffic to your site. You don't want to lose them. You don't want to lose them on page. You don't want to lose them on your content. You don't want to lose them on your cart. Um, so it's really important to, to, to optimize your site. And I'm going to talk through some of the other slides. I'll kind of talk about some strategies for optimizing those conversions. Um, and then average order value. So once you've got them on the site, either they've become a customer or they're about to become a customer, increasing that average order value. So this kind of goes back to strategies for, it ties very closely to strategies for optimizing conversion. But there's also other strategies to upsell and cross-sell. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that, um, but also retaining your current clients. Um, really important, current clients or customers. So all this in the context of growing revenue. Oh, and actually, just a couple things I wanted to share, too. Um, some of the things at the bottom here on this slide that are trends that we are seeing as an agency. So we're seeing companies take um, to start up marketplaces. Um, you can, certain organizations, certain companies, certain niches can compete against Amazon. I mean, a lot of people think, oh, marketplaces, Amazon, how can we compete with Amazon? Um, we actually have a white paper that you could download if you're interested on how to, how to compete with Amazon. And obviously, it's very specific to your, your organization and, and your line of business. But, um, but the, again, this is a trend that we're seeing. Um, Multi-channel alignment is another thing that we're seeing a lot of people looking for assistance in. And then increasing their services and their subscriptions on their websites as well. So expanding their portfolio of what they're offering um, digitally so that um, it's clear and upfront to people you know, what, what, what options they have um, through, your, through your company. All right, so I wanted to start too because with, with smarter B2B prospecting in ABM. And I think this is a topic that you may have already been in sessions, um, may have already been covered in sessions. But I like to talk about this because this is something that we actually do quite a bit um, on the in the B2B world. And that's leveraging buyer intent data. So Verndale actually uses ZoomInfo to, to mine the data, um, mine data on where we think people's interests lie. Um, so just to give you um, a, a screenshot here, this is actually from Zoom Info. And we are, um, we are a company that works closely with Sitecore, which is a content management system or digital experience platform. And we like to know, well, who's, who's expressing digital body language, as I like to use the term, 
to identify um, who might have an interest in Sitecore, buying Sitecore, implementing Sitecore. So we go out and we mine this data. And ZoomInfo and Sixth Sense um, actually do the mining, but we, we capture that information. And then we use that to build on our um, lead generation efforts. So not only through the traffic coming in through our site, but also pro proactively going out and identifying leads. Um, then we nurture those leads through email marketing and rep, rep outreach, so business development reps. And then we incentivize those leads to get a meeting with contacts that have what we perceive to be a high lifetime value. So if you have, so, you know, if your average uh, lifetime value of your customer is $100, you may not want to provide a gift to incentivize them for meeting. It just might not be worth it. But if your average lifetime value is $100,000 for that potential client, it might make sense to spend $40 or $50 on, on a gift to get them to get their time, to thank them for their time, and just basically get their attention. Um, so this is a strategy that um, we implement. Um, I'd like to actually see our organization doing that a little bit more than we are, but it's, it's something that we're starting to do and, and take advantage of. And it's a strategy that's worked on our own team members as well, and me in the past. Hey, marketers. You've heard us talking all about it, and now it's finally happening. The B2B Marketing Exchange is coming back to Scottsdale in 2023, and we want to see you there in person. If you're a fan of the B2B conversations we share on the B2BMX podcast, this event is literally made for you. Get a front row seat at sessions that will challenge everything you know about marketing, sales, ABM, go-to-market strategy, and so much more. Plus, you'll get a chance to mingle and network with the best of the best in B2B. As a B2BMX podcast listener, you'll get 25% off your ticket by using the code PODCAST25 at registration. Check out the show notes for more information or head to b2bmarketing.exchange to register now. All right, so now I'd like to talk a little bit more about optimizing the buyer's journey, primarily um, through UI and UX. And I'm going to talk about another, a few other strategies as well. So as a digital agency, we always recommend measuring and testing the digital experience. Um, and it may sound obvious, you're like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know everything. My site's good. I don't need to go test it. Well, if you're not measuring and testing it on a regular basis, things can happen. And it's, it's hard to even imagine how it can happen because of technology, right? There's a lot of snafus that happen. Somebody changes something on the back end. Somebody does something you weren't aware of. All of a sudden, you have your cart's not working, your credit card checkout process is flawed, and you have issues. So um, always recommend, we always recommend checking your account registration process. If you require people to register in advance of buying, checking your search, making sure that that's functioning flawlessly, and, and really showing the broad portfolio of your products or services, um, and really checking that checkout process and doing it on a regular basis. Um, and then I, we also recommend, if your team has the capacity and the budget, to leverage A-B testing. So one of the tools that we recommend is a platform called Optimizely Experimentation. And this platform is really easy to add on top of your existing CMS or GXP. And it, it functions pretty readily with virtually any one of them. And it enables you to really quickly and easily run experiments. You can think, do simple things like changing the color of a button or, or creating a separate, completely separate version um, on the page, of the page. Um, so this really facilitates metric-based decision making. 
So when people say, oh, why'd you change it? You just prefer purple over yellow? No, well, we changed it because the purple performed better than the yellow. So having those analytics to show and, um, and rationalize why you're making decisions, um, no one can argue with the numbers. So, so anyway, this is an option that you can consider um, trying on your site. It's actually, in the grand scheme of things, one of the more um, less expensive options um, when it comes to marketing platforms. It's not super expensive. Um, and also finding where your visitors are exiting from. So you, you never want them to hit a dead end on your site where, oh, I read that great article, now what? You never want to leave them hanging. So this is where um, you know, looking at your user experience, really having somebody from outside of your organization or just somebody who's not normally involved um, in the site walk through this process with you um, can be really helpful in drumming up, drumming up opportunities for improvement. Um, also, optimizing the mobile and the tablet, tablet experience. So a lot of people now are working poolside um, or at the beach, all over the place. Um, and if you also cater to people who may be out in the field, so whether you're in the construction industry, it's really important to make sure that your mobile and tablet experiences are optimized. And a lot of people kind of optimize their desktop experience and optimize their mobile, but they're not really checking what happens on tablet, the tablets. A lot of times things break at those middle, middle sizes. So that's something to look at as well. And then another thing on the user experience that we look for is opportunities to create moments of delight. So probably many of you guys have heard about digital fatigue. A lot of people are experiencing that, especially post-COVID. And it, the, you really have to do something extra special in order to stand out. So what I'm sharing, what you see on screen, what's moving there is actually uh, um, Aspen Snowmass's website, which was designed by Verndale. And you can see as you scroll as you scroll over just different sections of the page, they're very dynamic. So that book now button, as you roll over it, it changes color. As you click on the hamburger menu in that bottom right image, you'll see that it, that it pops up and move, it has a lot of movement to it. And then as you scroll over the four mountains that comprise Aspen Snowmass, you can see that the map changes. So it's very dynamic. It has a little bit of what we like to feel is a little bit of that wow factor, like, hey, this is, this is nice, this is, this is smooth, I like this experience. Um, you'll see, you're seeing a lot on the web where we're, we're moving almost like towards TV, right? Like the, the internet, ha your site needs to be as dynamic as possible to, to kind of stand out in the crowd. Um, and then I also like to mention something about CPQ. Um, a lot of people aren't familiar with something called CPQ, but it stands for um, configuration, configuration Configure, price, and quote, and it's a technology that is offered by a lot of different, um, a lot of different companies. But Salesforce and SAP both have CPQ tools. So if you have a complex product or one that typically can only be quoted by your sales team, CPQ can help to automate that, either for your sales organization to make it easier for them or actually something that you can offer up on the front end of your website. So by integrating with your CPQ, you could potentially have your, your prospects quoting on their own, um, which in this remote world, you know, if they need a quote on a Saturday and they can get it, it might make the difference between you getting the sale and someone, someone else getting their business. So, oh, sorry, went a little too fast. 
Um, okay, optimizing the buyer's journey. So ordering. So we talked a little bit earlier about the importance of ensuring that your ordering process, very squeaky back there, <laughs> your ordering process is smooth. So I, I previously worked for a, an, a company that sold research chemicals. And I like to tell this story because I think it's really telling. I was in the marketing department and we were working incredibly hard at getting, um, getting new business in the door. And we required an account registration process and an approval process before someone could buy. Come to find out, some of the people who had applied for accounts were waiting three or four days. So we were losing them um, because our customer service team wasn't processing them fast enough. So I think that this is um, kind of an edge case. Probably most of you aren't requiring a customer registration, but if you are, it's important that it be super fast. And there are ways also to automate that process. Um, you know, there obviously it can be a little bit challenging sometimes if you're reviewing somebody, for example, who might be buying chemicals, but these are, there are ways to automate this so that this happens automatically and is much more instantaneous. Um, also, enabling online direct ordering with custom pricing capabilities and catalog restrictions is possible. A lot of people feel like, hey, uh, my, my, uh, I, can't, I can't offer this because everyone's got a different discount and everyone has different pricing, even down to the SKU level. It is definitely possible with the right, the right tools. So there are things called uh, like PIM, PIM platforms, product information management, um, and with the proper integrations with your ERP platform as well, all of these things are possible. Um, and that said too, we, we work to ensure that clients' pricing is also very transparent. So in this day and age, people don't want to um, place their order until they know for sure what that final cost is going to be. So for those of you who have um, shipping costs that might fluctuate and you are not able to currently display that on the cart, um, there are ways to work through that. So um, we, for example, in the past had worked with um, a company called Ship ERP and um, integrated that with the SAP ERP on the back end and were able to properly display um, shipping costs. Okay, um, and then further on optimizing the buyer's journey um, with respect to loyalty, um, it's really important these days to ensure that you're empowering your customers for self-service. So we talked a little bit about that already, um, but this goes from everything to, from ordering to reordering, auto-renewing a license or subscription, looking up order history, and even uh, approving and paying for invoices. Um, I also recommend implementing a website chat chat tool that is staffed by real people, um, since chatting can really help improve conversion rates. And I mentioned uh, Drift and Qualified, who I think are exhibitors here um, today, and they did not pay me to say this. We actually use Drift, <laughs> so um, it, it is a plug for them. Um, but yeah, that, that has, has definitely can help with the incremental improvements to your conversion rates. And then nurturing and thanking prospects, partners, customers, um, and even keeping existing customers. Um, making sure you're nurturing them, thanking them on a regular basis is a great way to get in front of them, particularly with everyone, so many people being remote these days. It, that touch point can, can make all the difference. Um, we do this with Printfection, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that uh, on upcoming slides. And adding personal, personalization and product recommendations to cross-sell on orders 
um, or page views is also uh, a great way to improve the conversion rate on your site. So when we talk about website personalization, I think that means a lot, a lot of different things to a lot of different people. To me, it means reflecting the visitor's name on your site, um, the company, the, their company, their order history. The content could be based on their viewing history, so their page, views his, page view history. Whether they're a new or a returning visitor, whether they're a customer or prospect, their geography. And all this can be reflected across web, your chat, your email, um, and even personalization can be achieved through your gifting. So product recommendations I view as a type of personalization. Um, you can promote products within the same ca category, the parent category, or the grandparent category. Um, and all of this can be achieved and sometimes needs to be achieved through using a customer data platform. So a lot of people have been trying to make do without this, but when you start to combine order history and um, web stats and email platform, all of, the, all of this information collected on these various platforms really needs to be consolidated in order to, to properly do product recommendations. So you need a place to do that, and the CDP is often where people are turning these days. So the, the image that you see here on the screen is actually an example of personalization during the sales process. So in looking at, um, it's a, a chat from a, a, a screenshot of a chat, and I had clicked an email that I was sent and went to the website, and they recognized that it was me from Burndale coming to the site. And to me, that sort of thing has a little bit of that wow factor. It's just, it differentiates, um, differentiates the experience and really made it feel like, hey, they, they know me and, and they're reaching out. And I think it was really engaging. And these are the sorts of things that can, that can really help make the difference in your conversions. So remote work is now the norm, as we all know, posing unique challenges for sales like, hey, I want to send a gift. Where do I send it to? Um, and breaking through the noise and connecting remotely through um, gifting to delight, have that moment of delight and get the meeting can be really effective as we talked about. So through Printfection, there are a lot of benefits of gifting and promotional item ordering through Printfection. We are a client of Printfection and have found that it, there's a great large selection of swag options. The ordering is really easy. There's no inventory to hold. There's no trips to get things shipped, um, no worries about keeping addresses up to date, and there's the ability for someone um, to enter their preferred shipping address. So you don't have to worry about, hey, this person's at home, I don't have their address. It's pretty easy to, to obtain it, maintain their privacy, and get a gift in their hand and get in front of them. You can also send in bulk, of course, to something like a trade show. So, Verndale has, um, at this point, kind of a, a large, and, large and growing inventory on the uh, Printfection print platform. And we use it, again, for client, partner, and prospect nurturing. We use it for trade show giveaways. We use it for employee welcome kits, birthday gifts, baby gifts, and employee performance incentives. Um, partners and clients receive higher-end gifts that are likely to be kept longer. So we focus on trying to obtain things that we think are likely to remain on someone's desk or in their work environment and likely to be kept around. And for trade shows, we usually select lower-cost lower items like pens or gift cards.
I love how Tracy discussed the techniques needed to effectively retain and cross-sell to customers, nurture leads, and generate more opportunities for sales. Plus, those examples of direct mail were top-notch. Exactly. And the fact that she also shared her recommendations for tools and products is just chef's kiss. So next week, we have a super exciting episode for you all, our year in review. We'll be revisiting the stages from all of our B2BMX events in 2022 to bring you the most valuable nuggets of information. It's an episode you definitely don't want to miss. So make sure to subscribe now on your podcast player of choice to remain in the loop. And don't forget to share your thoughts and feedback with us on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. And yeah, that's a wrap for today. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you next week.